Good morning. It's still good morning, right? Good morning, brothers and sisters. Um, great to be with you all. Um, let us pray. Father God, we lift up our own hearts into your own hands. We ask the Holy Spirit to come. Come into this room. Come to all the families that are worshiping you. Lord, we know that your words, the power of your words is everything. So that we ask that um, we're not going to be limited by our human wisdom, our human intellect, but allow the Spirit to work through us. Amen. So the topic is confession and beyond. Beyond what, right? So let's talk about a little bit of a confession first. Um, I found a quote that I really like from John Calvin. And he says, The Lord who forgives, forgets, and wipes out all sins, let us confess to him to obtain grace and pardon. He is the physician, so let us show him our wounds and sores. I think there is something about confession and going to see a doctor that we need courage. We need to know when we are allowed to show the doctor our wounds and sores so that we can get proper healing. And that's exactly what confession is all about. Especially we know of our shortcomings, our weaknesses, and our fallenness as human beings. We know about all these things, but especially in our Chinese communities, we like to hide, right? King David in Psalms 32 talks about, I acknowledge my sin to you and my iniquity I have not hidden. I say, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. So confession is the first step to get forgiveness, to be reconciled to God. Especially a lot of times confession is about our sins, our weaknesses, our shortcomings, right? Um, Pastor Wade talked about it a couple of weeks ago that we have our own individual sins and weaknesses that we need to confess to God. But also, as a Christian community, we also need to do that together as the body of Christ, right? And, of course, for the city, with the city, that we know that there are lots of things that's going through and we need to confess. And last week, John talked about Ezra. Ezra was confessing on behalf of the Israelites. He didn't really commit those sins that the Israelite committed, but he confessed on behalf of the Israelites. And complicity, he didn't do enough. He didn't stop them. Or maybe he should have done more to bring them out of their weaknesses. And that's what John talked about, complicity. So what does confession bring us? Confession actually brings us grace. I think that's a key word. And 
grace leads to forgiveness. Without grace, without the grace of God, we won't be sitting here. Without confession, there's no grace, and we won't be sitting here. And God cannot justify us, and God cannot reconcile with us. So that brings us back into the same word, the same thing, why we're sitting here or how, what brought us here is salvation, right? Now, we have been talking a lot about why we need to confess. And most of the times when we use the word confession, it's all about we've done something wrong or someone wronged us or just something wrong, right? So it's, it's actually, it's not a good word. You know, I, I read a passage. It talks about why do people did not commit murder? They, were, they confessed to the sin. Well, confession is something you always link to sin, crime, bad things. Today's passage is from the book of Job. Job was what? He was a blameless and an upright person. This is what God's telling us, okay? So this, we didn't make it up. God tells us that Job is a great person from God's perspective. Fear God, shun evil, and everything that he has in his possessions, he was blessed by God. So, fantastic, right? Everything should have just ended in chapter one. But then, of course, there's someone who's called Satan, right? And he came and accused, accused Job for saying, well, he got all these blessings just because of you give it to him. And that's why he was a great person. Try to take it away. We're trying to understand why Job as a great person, as an upright person, as a righteous person, why he need to confess. So I call this the confession of the righteous. A lot of times I won't call myself righteous. I don't think a lot of us would use righteousness, this word, you know, to say that I am a righteous person. You, know, you, you describe yourself, I'm a righteous person. I don't, I don't think a lot of us would say that. But this is God, how God said Job is a righteous person, right? But he still had to confess. If we look at the whole book, the book of Job, there were a lot of going back and forth. Let's read our today's passage. Today's passage is from the last chapter of the book of Job, chapter 42, verses 1 to 9. Hear the word of the Lord. Now Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. You ask, you God, God ask, who is this? who hides counsel without knowledge. Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by the hearing of the year, and now my eye sees you. Therefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. And so it was, after the Lord has spoken these words to Job that the Lord said to Elipaz the Tabernite, my wrath is aroused against you and your two friends. 
for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take for yourselves seven bulls and seven rams, go to my servant Job and offer up for yourself a burnt offering, and my servant Job shall pray for you, for I will accept him, lest I deal with you according to your folly, because you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. So Alipaz, Tamanite, and Beldad, and the other guys, Sopar, went and did as the Lord commanded them. For the Lord has accepted Job, or accepted Job's prayer. This is the word of the Lord. So for more than 30 chapters, there were a lot of going back and forth. Why? Job was suffering. An innocent man, an upright person, a person that was blessed by God, was suffering hugely, greatly. Everything was taken away from him just because of someone was jealous, Satan. So what happened? Job and his friends were debating, analyzing, rationalizing the whole situation. Why suffering happens to a good person? We're not talking about that. We're not talking about the theology of, you know, why good people need to go through suffering. We're talking about Job's understanding of God and his understanding of himself. Confession is a kind of understanding and an acknowledgement. So what did he understand? He understood that there is a war between him and God, even for a person with pure intent, even for a person that God calls him upright and blameless. That's big words, right? Blameless and upright, but there's still a war. So what happens to this war? The war between Job and God in this chapter 42, Job acknowledged that there were a lot of inadequacy between him, in him, and there's a lot of misunderstanding of him and God. He did not understand God enough to understand God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's sovereignty, God's glory. I think that's very important. A lot of times when things happen to us, we have our own understanding, our own interpretation. It's great. God gives us our own interpretation. That God gives us our mind to analyze things. God wants us to analyze things. But God does not want us to analyze anything beyond him. I think there's a premise. God puts us into that premise. God wants us to analyze, to understand Him. Do we let our own wisdom, our intellect, overrule everything that God has told us? I'm not saying that it's we're intentionally ignoring God, right? I think a lot of times when we're sitting here or when we're doing, going through live groups, when we're 
studying God's words, we are with great intent to know God. We want to know God better. But in those great intent, we still need to bear in mind one thing. We're fallen being. God is still right out there. And there's still a huge divide between God and us. What Job said, Job said, I heard of you, but I don't really know you. That's his confession. Before my ears have heard you, now my eyes have seen you. So there is the bridging over. He now sees God through his suffering, through a lot of debate. If you have read through Job, you would have seen that actually he has a great understanding of who God was to him at that point, right? He knew God was a good God. He knew God was the creator God. His wife asked him, go curse God. How come God can do such a horrible thing to you? You're an upright person. You fear God. But he didn't because he has a good understanding. But that good understanding was not enough for Job to see God eye to eye. And he knew, he just acknowledged that inadequacy. He wants to know God more. He needs to go back into the basic of who I am and who God is. And so Job's confession in this chapter, in the very last chapter of this book, was all about Now I acknowledge, God, who you are. You are the God that plans out everything. Your sovereignty, your glory, your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy. And he also understands, he acknowledged his inadequacy. I'm right there. I thought I knew you, but there are things too wonderful that I didn't understand. Now, I slowly, I recognize that. And also, he understood that God wants to have a relationship with him. This is exactly why we're here, aren't we? We know God wants to have a relationship with us. And we want to have a relationship with God too. But do we see how wonderful that relationship could be? And Job did. Now my eyes have seen you. It is a new relationship. It's, it's one step further. It's one step. It's not like the first 38 chapters, right? Before God, God actually asked Job, answer me. If you're so right, righteous and upright and you think you know me, I'll ask you all these things. I'll ask you A, B, C, D, E, and you should answer me. Well, he was wordless, speechless. He could not say a thing because he knew there was still a gap. Even though he was a good person, right? I would say he was way better, a hundred times better than me and probably than you. That was Job. But that wasn't enough. And he now sees God eye to eye. With his confession, 
confessing that his fallenness was stopping him. Just being a human being. It's nothing else. Just being a human being. Our nature has stopped us from seeing God. I love this Walt Disney cartoons because it talks about relationship, right? Jabato built, not built, made, created Pinocchio, right? And he really wants to have a relationship with this doll that he loved. So what? Fairy tales. Blue fairy came, made Pinocchio alive. So, you know, you can dance and you can, you know, I'm not going to sing that song. But we know that. That's the great thing, right? So Pinocchio became a boy and he has made good choices and bad choices and all these things. And then, you know, that's what Walt Disney does. Fairy tales. Talk about relationship. Our God came to us. This is not a fairy tale from God's perspective. God is the creator, just like Jabato made us. We are the Pinocchio. We are the wooden dolls. And then all of a sudden, if you think about it, if the blue fairy came along and say, Jabato, you love Pinocchio, the wooden doll, so much, and want to have a relationship with this doll, well, I'm not going to make the doll alive, but I'm going to make you a wooden doll. You become wood, and you're going to be sitting right next to Pinocchio, the, wood, the wooden doll. What do you think? That becomes a horror story, right? That is a horror story. That is not a fairy tale. But this horror story comes to us. Jesus came, the word made flesh. This is exactly how our creator God became, our father God became one of us. He didn't withhold anything. He just said to the blue fairy, well, I'm just making it up, but he was just saying, okay, if I need to become a wooden doll, so be it. Do we understand that without this cross, there is no relationship? I think Job understood that. He didn't see the cross at that time, but he understood that relationship through his suffering. That's the relationship of the cross. And he actually, he didn't do a lot of wrong thing, but he repent in dust and ashes. He abhorred himself. He was going like, I'm, I'm just not good enough. Actually, in other version, it says, I despite myself. I hate myself for not being good enough, for not seeing God eye to eye. Do we see that? I think this is something that we want to be reminded all the time so that we can experience the true mercy and grace. Sometimes we think that we are in that grace. We make ourselves think that we're in that grace, but then we lost ourselves and then we're going like, where is that grace? Well, perhaps we haven't truly lived in that grace. 
a lot of times that's how I see myself. And with great intent. In the earlier, um, when my wife was here in the, in the earlier service, you know, I was telling this story. My, we're moving and from Hong Kong to Los Angeles and everything was moving great. I thought we were planning, me and my wife were, you know, seeing eye to eye, doing all the plannings and taking care of the difficulties and, you know, facing all the uncertainties. But then a couple of weeks ago, my wife just was in tears and say, you really don't get it, don't you? I'm going, I don't get it. You know, what? What did I do? I thought we have been talking. I thought we have been you know, doing all these great communications. And, you know, you understand me, I understand you. And then she was going like, no, you don't understand me. You didn't even know what have gone wrong. And I was like, no, I didn't. And it, of course, at the end, because you know, I, have, I, have, I have to say, because when all these things happened, it happened too fast. And in the very beginning, she did not get a chance to make the decision with me together. So basically, she was forced into it, and then we start planning. So that little time frame, I completely missed out. That's my fault, right? So I had to confess. I thought I was doing everything in pure content, intent. I thought I was doing everything right. Well, there's no experiencing of a true understanding, a great communication, until she told me, you know the what? You don't really know me. You don't understand what I was going through. And that's a lot of times, that's how God and I, God and us, that's our relationship. We thought we we're in great relationship with God until one point and God was going like, try again, try again, and then try again. So what's next after confession? If we confess, God didn't say, Job, you confess, great, you know, you repent, you abhor yourself and you're good to go. Check your box and go. No, God actually immediately after his repentance, after his confession, God told his friends, Job's friends, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job. All of a sudden becomes my servant Job. All of a sudden, Job becomes someone who is working for, for God because Job understands God now. So what does he have to do? Fellowship. He needs to have fellowship with God. He needs to have fellowship with his fellow friends. He brings reconciliation to his friends. So there's bringing God's forgiveness to his friends. He knows how to speak God's truth. So he wants to bring that truth to his friends so that everybody is on the same page. Bridging, praying. God said, what? Go, do the burn offering and my servant Job will pray for you. And after that, God accepted Job's prayer. That is our duty. We need to confess and there are more to come. God wants us to bring and to build and to create 
a multi-directional relationship, not only with God, but also with one another. And that's why Brenda was talking about life groups, fellowship. Fellowship is key. We can't live without one another. Jesus actually brings it up one notch higher. Jesus was talking about, well, we know sometimes you're innocent. You are a person with good intent. But if someone sinned against you and you realize it's before the altar, meaning you're going to God, you're going to pray to God, you're going to worship God, but while you realize that someone has sinned against you, it is your duty to reconcile. There's no excuse. God didn't say that, well, I'm going to ask the other brother to come and ask for forgiveness. He didn't say that. He was telling us, those who didn't sin in this instance, to go and reconcile with the person who sinned against you. That is very much like Job. Job was like, what do I have to do? Those guys, my friends, they didn't understand well enough. I do, so I'm all good, right? No. You need to pray for the, for the other guys. That is the commandment. And that's what we need to do. So with pure intent, a lot of times we always want to be mindful and would be respectful of other people's, you know, their, their culture is different, the politics different, right? We want to be mindful of all, all of these things. But is that enough? Confession actually not only give us that intention of I'm being respectful. It brings us one step further. Bring us back into the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. With our differences, that pure intent actually can bring us back to Jesus Christ himself. I think that is something we need to be mindful of, we ask the Holy Spirit to continue to remind us. And let us continue in a meditation and prayer because I like this. It says, may our daily confession lead us to realize God's grace and to acknowledge the word made flesh is living with us and in us. Why do I circle the us? It's because God comes down so that we together, it's not me, it's we together. So hopefully by our confession, we continue to pray, we continue to meditate so that we can see our creator God and our father God and to strengthen our relationship with one another. God bless.